Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Franny Benali and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, onto his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Here's Danny Ings, he's seen through here, he's got beyond Pepper, and Danny Ings makes it game off. Up towards Adam Zuma, oh, it's a mistake by Kepper. Adams is there, Ings going in two, somehow it stays there, but then turned in by Shane Adams, and it's 2-2. It's come out of Theo Walcott, it's 3-3. Southampton straight back again later. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, episode 90, Vestigardian of the Galaxy. Uh, we're back after the international break with the Chelsea game to discuss, and we shall preview next week's visit of Everton. We also have the ITN news with Moscow Mush's international roundup and our Theo Walcott tunes, although, Kevin. Is yours not quite ready yet? No, no, it needs some, a little bit of work on it, a little bit of love, but I think we're going to hear your one this week, right? Yeah, we're here. 
There you go. We can have two two weeks of uh, pure pleasure then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So make sure you stick around for that uh, embarrassment. But yeah, I mean, I, I will introduce you formally now, Kevin, even though you've already spoke. But yeah, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. You pompous, stuck-up, snot-nosed, English, giant, twerp, scumbag, fuck-faced, dickhead, asshole. How dare you? I'm <laughs> insulted. How, could, how dare you call me English? <laughs> Yeah, after after this week of uh, internationals, yeah, I'm ashamed. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, anyway, how are you? Enjoyed enjoyed the week off and watched the internationals. Yeah, exactly. yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, cat wanker. <laughs> Do you remember that story? No. I don't know. You did something that pissed me off, and I told my dad, and he said, like, there's only one solution. That is, um, you write on his locker. Ray Hunt wanks cats. Yes, actually, yes. I do remember some. I don't remember, I remember if it was a cat. And I did it. I don't remember it was that. I, I, yeah. Uh, um, I remember you writing something on your dad's uh, advice. Uh, um, yeah, that was it. Uh, that, that's some top pairing in there, isn't it? Like, yeah. That's what happened. Just, just, yeah. Stick a sign on his locker that calls him a, a cat wanker. Okay, but um, what, what is it that I did to piss you off? I don't even bloody remember. <laughs> it must have been something minor. Yeah, okay. Well, worked out for the best, didn't it? Yeah, um, yeah my, my, my week's been good. Yeah, intense. Um, it's nice to take a little bit of break from the, um, from the football and recording. But, um, yeah, you've got all those internationals. I didn't watch all of them. Watched a couple. Um, can't really be bothered to watch England if I'm... Totally honest. No, uh, same here, mate. Yeah, I mean, we'll come up to the international roundup in a bit. But, um, yeah, how has your week been? Uh, it's been okay. I mean, I've I've enjoyed the the time, as you say, I've enjoyed the time off of recording, and I, I've kind of like gone off of um, social media for a bit. I've taken a bit of a, a bit of a break from it. Much needed, to be fair, just like off of everything, um, and just concentrate on other stuff for a bit, you know. And it's um real people. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's been nice. And actually, the game against Chelsea, I, I went to the pub to watch it, so it was nice to actually catch up with a few people and, and um, actually talk to someone face to face about football. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's been it's been good. It's been a, a good time off, to be honest. But I didn't actually watch any of the international games. Oh wow! I don't know what it is. I just I just don't care. I just don't care enough. To be honest, it's, just... it's the Nations League is what everyone's been waiting for. Yeah, I know. I just still don't care. I'd rather have Premier League football. It's just, but you know, I'm one of those those England fans that just get. I don't care about the qualification games. I don't care about the friendlies. I don't care about the nation leagues as much. But whenever there's a tournament on, you know, it becomes it, it consumes me. It's just it's it's a part of it. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I'm the same. Like with the qualifiers. I mean, you know, if. If it's on and I'm free and they, you know don't have anything else, then I'll, I'll watch them. Um, Nations League, there's nothing really riding on it, is there? Yeah. But the, I mean, the playoffs, okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, sure. Chance to play in the Euros, that's important. Fine. But yeah, I mean, I, I just sort of have a love-hate relationship with England. I just, every, um, just before every tournament, I get, I get sort of excited. I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on, no, we've got a good, good team. You know, I've got a chance of. Um, Win some matches, maybe even you know getting close to the finals, and then just pure disappointment. And it takes me about maybe half a year to get over that, <laughs> and then the cycle begins again. That's life, mate. Uh, yeah. Although the World Cup, I'd say, like, yeah, we came out of that looking looking quite good. But most other tournaments. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. 
Um, right, shall we delve into the archives for some ITN news? Yes. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news then. Uh, where should we start? Should we start with our, our rant? Our, say our yeah, rant. you say you went down the pub. Why did you go down the pub and not watch it at home, right? Well, listen, right, this pay-per-view nonsense, it's, what is it, £14.95 mm-hmm. for a match. I've already paid for my season ticket. I pay a subscription to Sky Sports. I pay a subscription to BC Sports. So out of all of those, the home games I'm there, the away games that aren't broadcast at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, I'm going to I'm going to watch it on TV usually or, well, you know, the ones that aren't three o'clock. I, if it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. I've got a lot of opportunities to watch Saints. Now they've slapped on £15 to watch it some more. I'm refusing to pay any more money to the Premier League, to Sky Sports, to BT Sports, anyone that wants to do this. And I, I mean, I, I'm angry about it. I'm more than angry about it, but I'm... Are we, su- are we surprised by the greed? I, I don't nope. get it. So I went to the pub and I thought, oh, um, you know what? I would rather spend 30, 40, 50 quid, whatever it is, down the pub, having a few drinks with my mates, watching the game, and then pay £15 to watch it and give any more money to the, to the Premier League, to Sky Sports, to BC, whatever. I, I, I don't get it. You know, pe- People in this day and age, they're losing their jobs. There's an uncertain future and these greedy pricks are going to carry on getting richer and it's not right. And we need to do something about it. It's, it's getting out of hand. It's going to it's going to carry on. And the sad thing is, people are going to pay it. Yeah, they, I mean, they wouldn't do it if they didn't think people were going to pay it. Obviously, it's a, a, a calculated thing. The obviously weighing up of the demand for it, and they've come to this fifteen pounds a pop price. You think that at a lower price, you'd have a lot more take up of it. Say, so come on, support your support your club. You know, four or five quids a match. I think people would be happy to kind of. Throw that away. Whereas, yeah, fifteen pounds is fucking insult, really, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd either I'd go to the match or find a way of watching it for free. I mean, the, the pubs um, a nice nice way of going about it because at least you're you're keeping a local business open. Um, and yeah, pubs are finding it tough as it is. So exactly, yeah, that's yeah. that's one one way out of it. But yeah, for me, uh, piracy, mate. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I mean, we, I mean, we didn't have to have a home game this one, so I can't actually say that. Oh, you know, this is. I'm paying for a game that I've already paid to see, because you know it was it was away from home. But mm. the Everton game next week is on Sky Sports. I say I've already paid my my Sky Sports subscription. I'm watching that game. That's fine. If that was on if that was on pay per view again, I'd go to the pub. I'm not paying that money, and I hope everybody listening does the same thing because it's it's just going to get. It's going to get worse and worse. Next season, it's going to be 20 quid, then it's going to be 25 quid. It's just going to keep getting worse and worse. And you can say the same with football shirts as well. I won't buy any more football shirts because they are... Oh, God, look at the price of them now. It's 60, 70 quid. And people keep paying it. Mm-hmm. And we will keep paying it. We're, 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 we're stupid. And the Premier League know that. It's, it's just... It's not on. It's disgraceful. It really is. There, there is no way to treat the fans. That's capitalism for you, though, mate. <laughs> that's, that's the only way that That's the, the world that we live in, isn't it? And it's, you know, it's, it's turning into that way. It's just, and then, you know, this new Premier League proposal, Kev, I want to discuss this with you as well. It's been, it has been rejected, so no problem there. Yeah. So the, the points were that the league to be reduced to 18 clubs, no EFL Cup, no Community Shield, you know, a £250 million immediate compensation for the EFL. A figure also represents coronavirus financial bailout. Um, that was the proposal. It's been rejected by all clubs. 
the Premier League and the FA will not endorse the proposal. But what's your stance? Yeah, this um, project big picture, which I think is a title worthy of a, a Bond villain scheme. <laughs> okay, we shall now initiate project big picture. Why is it? Why is it Ralph Hasenhüttl the villain? Uh, yeah, it's Christine uh, Blofeld and Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned some of those changes. Um, reducing the club to, of the league to 18 teams. Um, yeah, I'm definitely against that because that's going to put us into a relegation battle more often than not, isn't it? And it's, it's already difficult enough to to get in and stay in, in, in the league. See a lot of the bigger clubs going down to the championship or at least going down more often. Not happy with that. Um, yeah, scrapping the community shield. It's one match. One mm. fucking match between, you know, two elite clubs. Glorified, friendly, or otherwise, it's still a good pre-season match for the top clubs, uh, television money. Um, and scrapping the AFL Cup, no. I think maybe reforming it if the big teams are unhappy with potentially winning silverware. Yeah, don't in, play it then. Don't play in it if you don't, don't want it. Don't, yeah, don't, don't bother. Fuck it. You know. You've got that choice now. You can just field a team of youngsters and throw the fucking thing. But they want to win it. So, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it. Exactly. And it, so it's 18 teams, so you're going to be playing four less games a year. That's TV money gone. Less TV money. And plus, yeah, with the EFL Cup gone, um, Community Shield gone, um, less Premier League games, um, you're not telling me that they're going to play less games. They're going to use the assets and... Um, they've paid millions for these players and they want to make as much money as possible. They'll be doing a tour of fucking China and Thailand That's and it. Vietnam and wherever. Um, and it would be the the home UK fans that would be losing out. So, yeah, bollocks, the whole lot of it. Do you know what it is? One, it's a power thing. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah, it's a power grab. And one, one thing you didn't mention is that they wanted to um, split the league in two and have you have nine kind of uh, controlling voting members that would That's be able it. to have a say on um, all Premier League policy and the other nine would be like kind of slaves or whatever. Mm. Um, Southampton was one of those nine teams as we're one sure. of the teams that spent the longest in the league but um, yeah even so Southampton apparently against it. It's just it's really really strange. Apparently concocted by who? Arsenal, United, no, Liverpool. Liverpool and United were having were, were the ones that front runners. They were the front runners mm. of it. But like like I said, going back to the power thing, and, and and you know you said these top nine getting the vote for it. That is all it is about. It's Liverpool and United having the power of future voting. And before you know it, mate, five years, ten years down the line, it will be a Super League. And there'll be absolutely nothing that the lower lower nine can do about it. It is just going to be the top nine having all the power to do whatever they want, and it will be it won't it won't be the Premier League anymore. It will be a Super League. So yeah, I'm glad this has been you know denied. Yeah, I mean on the one hand, on the one hand, I mean there's there's kind of two sides two sides to this. The, the whole talk of a Super League, I mean that's been going on since the Premier League creating a European Super League or what you mean having, like the Champions League? You know those. Yeah, but having that as the main tournament for those teams. So forking out more money on travel? What, are you thinking of the fans? Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, no, obviously not thinking about the fans. That, that, it's all about dollar. That's it. But, I mean, there are some issues in there that, that they try to address. But, you know, they, they kind of wrap it up in that little um, wrapping paper saying, oh, we're going to help the lower league teams in these difficult times. Plus, give us complete control of um, <laughs> all of the money and the decision-making forever. Yeah. Thank you. 
Um, but those problems aren't going to go away, right? Um, no. Unless something, unless something's done, uh, there are going to be League One, League Two teams that go out of business. Yeah, unfortunately. But I mean, as you said, there, there were some good points to it. I mean, one of them that, that I picked up on was the fact that they wanted to have a limit on players that are loaned out, which I, I agree on. I've always said things like that. That should that should happen. Fuck over Chelsea and um, yeah. City then. Yeah, <laughs> again. No, they, you know, they're already bat- battling against financial fair play. They're going to have to uh, battle against players being out on, on loan. So they can't just grab any 10-year-old and say, yep, he's ours. Yeah, just stick a Chelsea badge on them and send them Lo- back out him out for the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So make sure we brand him first. Um, anyway, mo- moving on from the rants then, let's let's get back to, to Southampton, I suppose. Um, Theo's first week back at St Mary's has, um, has always been quite eventful, not, not including the match yesterday, but... You know the week leading up to it, uh, I'm sure we've all seen the, the social media photos of training and etc. But apparently, you know he can't hide his excitement of being back, and he's struggling to find his way around Staplehead. <laughs> uh, really? Oh, yeah. it's changed a lot since he's yeah, been, exactly. Um, so yeah, he got lost a few times, and apparently he walked into a wrong into the wrong room and. It's like whoops. <laughs> oh, so he could use that, couldn't he? Like just walk into the girls' changing rooms. <laughs> All right, ladies. Uh, oh, sorry. This was a canteen last time I was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Theo. <laughs> Ralph's comments. Have you heard some of the things he was saying about Theo? Gushing about him. He said, uh, we had a very intense first week together. A few good meetings and a few good sessions. <laughs> I'm sure that we'll have a lot of fun with him. Okay. I don't know. I, I've done my Blofeld, um, Ralph Cross again, haven't I? But yeah, either it's, either it's something, something, um, shady going on or something very dirty. Either way, I like it a lot. That's where your mind goes to, Kev. Yeah. I just want to mention the, the Saints women's side before we move on uh, and, and the impressive, impressive start they've had to the season as at Marianne Spacey Cow has won four from four. Um, in US talk, Kev, that's four and oh. So, uh, yeah, well done. Let's start to them. Um, and Southampton B uh, are in action as we speak at home to Blackburn, and I'm afraid it's not going well. As I speak, 77 minutes in, Blackburn are 1-0 up. So more misery on the B side. Um, yeah, I think that's um, just about it. We've had enough renting, haven't we? Um, although there is a, f- a final chance to hop onto the transfer roundabout. Let's do it. <laughs> It's quite sad that it's going to be the last time we hear this tune. Ah, well, maybe we're going to revive it in January, you know. Oh, um, yeah, of course, yeah. Yes, um, believe it or not, incomings. Um, yeah, Tyreek Magic Johnson's loan to Hartford Athletic has come to an end after 12 appearances for the um, USL side. He's, he's back in Staplewood. So, yeah, maybe he could revive the fortunes of that beleaguered Saints B team. Let's so, go. Uh, he started. He's oh, right. Up, he come off for uh, Anundaloo. Just after halftime, so he did start. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Number seven shirt also. Outgoings, Kev. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Hesketh has joined Crawley Town on loan until the end of the season. Um, Josh Sims has left again for Doncaster Rovers until the new year. And probably the biggest bit of news: um, Angus Gunn has gone to Stoke in search of first team action until the end of the season. Stoke have lost two keepers in the window, Kev. They've lost Adam Federici and Jack Butland's gone to Palace. So, um. Should see some time out there again, hopefully. He wasn't involved in their 2-0 win at Luton yesterday, though. He wasn't even on the bench, so obviously 
not quite ready for that. Yeah, I mean, that kind of rounds off the uh, transfer. And, you know, that, that's the last kind of unanswered question, isn't it? You know, um, yeah. it was looking like it was going to be gone. That was off. And yeah, that, that Stoke deal has been in the, in the making for a while. Yeah, and I mean, they were just waiting for, for Butland to, to move out. And now he's done it. Gunning. Yes. Good news. Gunning. <laughs> um, although, yeah, seems to Doncaster... He was on the bench for the first game against uh, none other than... Oh, God, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and they lost. They lost 1-0 to Doncaster. I don't think he came on. Uh, he did come on. He said he got a, uh, an assist. No way. Hang yeah, on. he got the assist for, for the goal. So, yeah. Well done, Josh. <laughs> what, a, what a way to make your debut, eh? Come on against them so and set up a... Come on in the 63rd minute. And, uh, and then yeah. set up James on the 79th. So, yeah. Excellent. Oh, God, I'm going to have to look at that goal again. Mm. So that's going to make my Sunday. <laughs> got, um, three Saints goals to watch and uh, my, my, new, my latest favourite team, uh, Don Costa Rovers. Yep. Brilliant. Uh, international Roundup. Let's round them up. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, there's quite a lot to get through, to be honest. But um, we'll start off in chronological order on Wednesday, the 7th of October. Bednarik, he played 90 minutes for Poland. Uh, they quite comfortably beat Finland 5-1 in Gdansk. Kamil uh, Brzezinski scored a hat-trick in under 20 minutes. Fair fucks. Vestergaard, um, he also competed in 90 minutes. Um, Denmark, they pulled a 4-0 win over the Faroe Islands in a friendly. That must have been difficult. And the next day... All in preparation for us. Yes. Um, thankfully, didn't watch that. I'm, I'm quite happy to believe that that happened. Um, on the Thursday, uh, Danny Ings getting a start for England, um, playing the whole 90 minutes as well. Um, quite strangely, and um, maybe we shouldn't get off on a Gareth Southgate rant, but um, yeah, on the right wing of a uh, front three, very strange to put him in that position. Um, I, I don't think it really worked. Um, you were watching this match, weren't you? I, w- I was watching bits. I was in and out because you were you were uh, watching the Irish and, and Slovakia, weren't you, I believe? Yeah. Um, so I was flitting in and out of the game, um, and I saw the goal. Um, but as I but, say, yeah, I, mean, I, couldn't get in, I couldn't get excited for it, to be honest. The, the, the South Kent side, I, I can't, whenever I look at the lineup, it's nothing that ever gets me excited. The only thing exciting about this is, um, obviously, Ingsy starting. You want to see how he does. Um, but yeah, there was a, for me, much more important match on at the same time, so I'd defer to that and just watch the highlights. But yeah, Calvert Lewin in the middle. Alright, fair enough, he's on form, but yeah, putting, um, Ings on the right of a front three doesn't sort of sit well with me. But, um, Calvert Lewin, I mean, does score, comes off 58th minute, five minutes later. Ings, um, now in his more central position, scoring in the 63rd minute with that spectacular overhead volley from a corner. Um, yeah, what a fucking goal. So, um, this is first England goal, right? Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think all three of the goal scorers are scoring for the first time as well. Indeed, you are right. Um, yeah, even James Ward Power's coming on for the last 15 minutes for Harry Winks. Um, he came on in the 6th minute and almost scored as well with like, one of his first touches. So, you'd think, you know, good performance. All is well. Yeah, Ings with uh, the wonderful form that he's in, scoring for fun, having the time of his life. Ward Prowse in um, looking good in what's quite a sterile midfield normally for England. Um, but yeah, as we'll come on to see Linkner, um, we see fuck all of them. 
Anyway, okay, yeah, Ireland. Oh, God, don't make me relive it. Um, Shane Long, he came on in the dying minutes, 112th minute that went to extra time. Ireland's playoff exit as they lost 4-2 on penalties to Slovakia, missing out on the chance to go to the Euros. Um, so, yeah, kind of keep that um, green shirt in the cupboard for a little bit longer. And, yeah, yeah it's heartbreaking again. Just... It's a shame. And they were the better team for for the whole match. From what I, mean, I they heard. They had so yeah. many chances yeah, to, to, to finish it off. But, yeah, very, very unfortunate. Um, Long didn't even get to take a penalty. No, I, I was quite relieved about that because I didn't want him to take one and miss one and he'd he, you know, be the cause of it. Because let's face it, mm. this is going to be his last chance at, at you know, a competition, isn't it? An international one. I don't think he could have done much worse, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um... All right, anyway, um, that same evening, um, the match that we all should have been watching, um, France under-21s against Liechtenstein. Um, goals galore in that one, uh, 5-0 win. Um, Ibrahim Diallo coming on in the 64th minute. And, um, yeah, I can't really see much of his contribution to that. I see his highlights and you don't, don't see much of him, so um, maybe I have to watch him next time around. Yeah, Shane Long, he got a start on Sunday after the... Devastation of um, the Euros exit. Um, in their game against Wales, they drew 0-0 at home in the Nations League. Um, he got subbed off in the 74th minute. And that was 10 minutes before James McLean got sent off. Coincidence? Mm. I don't think so. Um, yes. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's probably with that Euros exit and the amount of youth players, I think, Oberfemi's going to see a chance in uh, in Stephen Kenny's side, but um, yeah, Long's probably not going to be done with Marinsha anymore, sadly. Ings and James Ward-Prowse, uh, they were left on the bench against Belgium in the Nations League. You see, I say that, and um, I, I, I don't even believe that it happened. So, um, did, did beat Belgium 2-1, right? Um, yeah, 1-0 yeah, down. Yeah, 1-0 down, and um, came off uh, winning 2-1 somehow. Yannick Vestergaard also left on the bench for the, in their 3 0 win, uh, Denmark's 3 0 win over Iceland in the Nations League. <laughs> yeah, um, we can say that for Stevens, say it for Bednarik. I mean, Bednarik had a couple of mistakes then today, didn't he? Yesterday, sorry. Mm, yeah, he's having a poor season. Um, he is. Uh, he was left out of uh, Poland's Nation League draw with Italy and uh, finished 0 0. Um, Obafemi, speaking of Obafemi, um, he did feature in Ireland's 2-0 loss against Italy in the under-21 Euros qualifiers. Long was an unused sub in their 1-0 loss to Finland on Wednesday the 14th. And Ings and Warprouse were left out again in England's 9-man 1-0 disaster loss to Denmark. Um, Rhys James, uh, not the... Doncaster Rovers player and <laughs> Harry Maguire both sent off. Um, Vestergaard came on as a sub in the 74th minute to kill off the game, which they did. Jan Bednarek, he played the whole of Poland's Nations League game against Bosnia and Herzegovina, keeping a clean sheet as Lewandowski scored a brace to help them to a 3 0 win and take them to the top of their group. So at least someone's having a good time. <laughs> That's the international roundup. Well done, Kevin. Very, very comprehensive and difficult to amass. So, yeah, well done. Yeah, su- surprisingly difficult. Under-21 seemed to be 
the more interesting matches these days, but unfortunately you can't really watch them. It's quite difficult to, to find a, a stream or at least a whole match to watch. Kevin, let's get into the Chelsea game and we'll catch up with Tim. So then on to the Chelsea game from Saturday and we check in once again with Tim. Tim, how are you? It's good to have you back. Have you had a nice break? Uh, yeah, it was good. I'm uh, originally from the Chicago area, currently live in North Carolina now and was able to get back for the first time since COVID happened. Uh, see my family, uh, see my parents, uh, see my nieces, my sister. It was it's good to be back. That's nice. That's good. Nice, good break then. Did you watch any international program. yes i did i put <laughs> fortunately i've got this uh, thing called espn plus where mm. you're able to get all the nations league and the uh games on so i usually just grab one of my two ipads that i have and put it on in the back put them both on in the background and put a game going and then if you have it on your xbox you can you can multicast so you can actually have four games going at once which is pretty cool <laughs> i love it i love this out have you caught up with any of the nfl at all because my giants are still looking for their first win that i went five now <laughs> yeah I, and i know it's kind of uh but the bears beat the tampa bay buccaneers with tom brady I like which, that. which was a game that we no, did not deserve to win at all whatsoever and we're four, they're four and one, and I have no clue how they are, but they're, they, there's a joke that they're the worst four and one team out there. So it, it's just, they just keep winning when they shouldn't actually be winning. They're better, they're better than their record. Their, their record is better than they look. Possibly, but I mean, it's, it's nice. It's good. I mean, I don't like the Buccaneers. I, I don't care for them, but just because of Tom Brady and, and Gronkowski and all that, but the Giants are actually, as I said, they're still winless and they deserve to be because they are just awful. They just can't get anything going. But Washington today, so I can I can sense a win coming today. Alex Smith, he's back, isn't he? So so Alex Smith had a compound spiral fracture and nearly lost his leg after 20-plus yeah. surgeries, rose from the dead, and I don't know why he's still playing. He's made well over $100 million in his career, but it's a great he obviously story. loves the game. Yeah, he loves it. He just wants to be out there, but... I feel bad that we're going to have to beat him today. Yeah, wish you guys the best. Um, I'm, I'm I'm rooting for you? Question mark? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, we'll go back to uh, some Saints talk um, with your yeah. injury reports. Um, so I guess you've got two really two people to report on today. You got Gineppo's illness and Armstrong's COVID. Yeah, so I'm not going to talk about DJ's uh, hamstring injury, and that's because he'll probably have it again here in about a month or so, so I can rehash that topic. Um, since it's probably been his third or fourth time he's been having the issue. Rather, we wanted to talk a little bit about COVID. So for anybody who's not, who's listening out there, I work for a hospital system and work directly involved in COVID related stuff. I'm not going to go elaborate too far in between. Um, but for Stuart Armstrong, testing positive, uh, obviously when it comes to COVID itself, we've probably heard a little bit about how if you have higher risk level type uh high, you're, you're higher risk in any way for example if you're obese if you're older if you have some type of medical illness which uh which allows you to become sick easier 
these high risk factors will increase the likelihood of the severity of your symptoms. So some of those symptoms are fever, difficulty breathing, cough, chest pain, headache, sore throat, muscle ache, fatigue, runny nose, change in uh, smell or taste, GI symptoms, and then potentially other things. Uh, sometimes we see a lot of aches and pains as well throughout the rest of the body. Um, but beyond that, for a an athlete like Stuart Armstrong and for anyone who's generally younger, the effects of it, you could either be one asymptomatic, which you could have it and you don't really know, or you could have very light or mild symptoms such as you think you have allergies or you think you uh, ate some bad Indian food the night before. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the, it could be any of those, any of those elements, but it can be very severe. It's obviously very contagious. And so for Stuart Armstrong, uh, and for any of the athletes recovery, we don't see any of the athletes talking about the recovery process because, mo uh, mo almost more than likely that, uh, outside of what you would have traditional flu-like symptoms where you have the, the, the person's ability to recover from the illness because they are a working machine, they're they're a, a honed-in athlete alongside medical constant medical care. Their recovery process will be a whole lot better than the general public. So for Stewart, when he comes back, he may feel a little bit out of place, whether it be because he's in isolation or for the fact that uh, he hasn't been able to get out uh, get out and about. But it'll take them a little while to get back. But most of these guys who have had COVID are able to pop back within about a week. So Pendy, whenever his negative tests come back, we'll see, we'll see him either in this coming week or definitely the week after that, um, pending no other injury happens. Okay. Uh, your teaser this week, Tim. Teaser is, would you rather have a cup of tea with the queen or a pint with Ralph? Well, that's easy. That is, yeah. I, I, I know what Kev's going to say as well. We're both going to go for the pint with Ralph any day. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Kev, Kev's, yeah. Not, Kev's not a royalist. Not at all. No Republican. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's an it's going to offend a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah, probably. But I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Definitely. That would be. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I could be myself around Ralph. You could just sit there, have a pint, chat about football, and j just be me. If I'm with the Queen, I'll have to put on this whole facade. And yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I've got no interest in, in talking to the Queen. So. Yeah. What are you going to talk to her about? How, how are you going to explain the Southampton's high line to her? <laughs> Exactly. You could bake her something if you'd like. You I could. could. Some, you could bring some baked goods. She'll love well, that. Well, to be fair, the only thing I bake is bread and rolls, so I, I, that's it. I'm not really a a, a confect baker. <laughs> could so. Bake her some hash hash cookies and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that might sway it, Kev. <laughs> yeah. Getting the queen high. <laughs> you know, I I've, I've 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 been thinking about this. I'm thinking, wow, like. You know, obviously, big Southampton fan, being able to talk with Ralph makes a huge deal. But it's also the Queen, too. Like, that's an opportunity that how many people out there can be able to have? It's not, it's, it's a toss up to me. I really, I really would be a toss up for some people. Obviously, they would prefer to have a cup of, a cup of tea. Uh, I think, like I said, I think it'd go for the, I'd go with Ralph just because it's more realist and it makes, it makes more sense to me that I'm not, I'm not high royalty. I shouldn't be anywhere near Buckingham Palace. The last <laughs> thing I want to do is put on real pants to go out to a place where I have to act <laughs> like a, 
and trim my nose hairs. I don't know. I don't feel, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like doing that. I'd rather go. I'd rather go and yeah. I'd rather let's, go talk. Let's all have a pint with Ralph. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, mean, it, I think it, it, people have had tea with the Queen than have had pints with Ralph. Yeah. To be honest, it I think I'd rather have a pint with you, Kev, than tea with the Queen. So. <laughs> if you had the chance to, it would have, if you wanted to go see, if you had the chance to go eat, have tea with the Queen or just not have tea with the Queen, would you take it? Uh, I suppose I would. Yeah. It would just be. It, it, it would be something you could talk about in the pub with Ralph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. No, I think oh, I, I probably, I think I probably would. Yeah, but not at the expense of Ralph. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to do so, but it, it was, a, it was really more of a toss up, probably more than you guys would have, just because of the allure behind royalty and the fact that Queen Elizabeth is Queen Elizabeth. So. Mm. Yeah, I get it. Okay then, so Chelsea yesterday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, um, difficult prospect of facing a Chelsea side coming off the back of that comprehensive 4-0 win against Crystal Palace, a team that gave us a lesson on the opening day, actually. And with new signing, Hakim Ziyech uh, included in the squad, I wasn't really filled with confidence, to be honest. And then add into the fact that Chelsea have won seven of their last nine against us, but we, of course, beat them 2-0 at Stamford Bridge last season. Looking for back-to-back away wins for the first time since March 1985. And we all know what happened in March 85, don't we, Mush? I don't remember. What happened in March 85? Um, I... I I came into this world. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. But, yeah. And Gorbachev started Paris Troika. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, Chelsea's form at Stamford Bridge, though, winning seven of their last eight, uh, scoring 18 and conceding just four, keeping five clean sheets as well. But you can throw that stat away now. Um, and another interesting stat for you. Saints have faced just over seven shots per Premier League game going into this one, fewer than any other side in this campaign. Thought that was interesting. I think we faced a little bit more than seven yesterday, but still. Um, an incredible 3-3 draw. Um, we'll start with the 11 then, like always. McCarthy, Walker-Peters, Bednarik, Vestergaard, Bertrand, Walcotts, Ward-Prowse, Romeo, Redmond, Ings and Adams. Theo Walcott making his first appearance in 14 years, 276 days since playing against QPR in the championship back in January 2006. Bench of Forster, Stevens, Long, Oberfemi, Valerie, Teller, and new boy Ibrahima Diallo. Mush, thoughts on the 11? Because it was like much of the same, I suppose, with Armstrong and Gineppo out, the changes were pretty much expected, right? All the change. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, Redmond's uh, back in the fold, back up to fitness, so you expect him to drop straight in. Um, yeah, Walcott for Armstrong. I mean, it's exactly what we expected. Um, nice to see Diallo straight on the bench, though. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, got, we still haven't action, seen Salisu yet, and yeah, yeah. And got some action. Uh, Eleven looked ideal. I thought it was the best best lineup. It definitely could. Uh, Walcott slotted on the right side, right where Armstrong would normally would have been. Redmond back to his left side, where DJ left off, and everybody else was in their spots. Were and fully expected. Looked good. I was happy to see Diallo on the bench and eventually get in for a few minutes. Yeah, little cameo. Um, I've got to be honest, I thought it was a risk with Vestergaard, to be honest. I thought, you know, just because of Chelsea's pace, and I thought, they were, you know, it was going to be one of those awful Vestergaard performances. But I was wrong. It's fine. It was all good. He had a good game. Uh, so into the game then, the first thing of note I want to discuss is that double save from McCarthy. Uh, Chilwell had bags of space down that right. Sorry, down our right. Um, and then the low 
cross goal shot. It was a good save. And then the rebound failed to Kai Havertz. And another good save from McCarthy. Yeah, no, absolutely beautiful. Um, McCarthy, I mean, he pulled off countless wonderful saves throughout that match uh, to keep us in it at several points. But yeah, I mean, our defence has already been opened up like straight away. Pulisic finding acres of space there on that um, left wing for Chilwell and Havertz for those shots. I will say one thing though: the Havertz rebound, it was right at him to be honest. And yeah. I would, you would have been really, really disappointed if McCarthy didn't save that. Wouldn't have been surprised if Kepa didn't. Like. <laughs> but yeah, like like Kev said, Tim, a bit of a warning straight on, and it was just a you know warning of Chelsea's firepower and the, and the ability they have on the ball. Yeah, they have one of, if not the top in the world, attacks. So being able to see that right off the bat in the fourth, third minute or fourth minute with Ben Chilwell's attack. Uh, McCarthy had a great save, pushed it to the left, and then Havertz had the follow-up there. Uh, it was really, it really set a tone for the rest of the game, knowing that, yes, they are that good, and it's kind of scared you getting right off, especially because it's only a few minutes in. Yeah, definitely. But then, you know, we, we, we went at them still. We still played our, our natural game. We didn't want to sit back too much, and Nice little bit of build-up play from us, and Walcott drops the shoulder, and Adams follows up with a low shot um, on Arisa Begala. Can we just call him Kepa for the rest of the, the rest of the podcast? Because I don't want to keep saying that it, did, it didn't quite connect as we'd like. But that's pretty much sums up Adams' season up to that point. It was it was unlucky, but it was quite a quite a weak weak shot. Yeah, kind um, of like didn't connect properly, did it? It was quite like bobbled on the ground. No, on, I don't, on I don't know what you put. Put it down to the, maybe maybe nerves or just you know didn't didn't come off, but um he definitely grew into the game. Oh he did he did. We'll talk more about that a, a bit later. But uh, Tim Tino Timo Werner scored, and then he didn't. Um it was offside. Flag went up right away, but he didn't have to wait long to get his first goal, did he? Um and it has to be said it was a lovely lovely goal. That dummy on on Bednarek was amazing. Um and like like all you know classic number nines, he had that one thing. In his head, like any natural striker, I'm going for this. This is mine. I made this. I'm going to score. You know, even though five white shirts around him, he, he hung on, held the ball up, waited for his moment to hit it, and he, and, he, and he did. It was it was a classy goal. You look good. <laughs> I, I sat there and in my head I applauded, but in reality I just drank a, a sip of my tea and I said, "Well, here we go." <laughs> but that dummy, that was something else. It just made him look absolutely. It was just pathetic. Cool. Pulled his pants down, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that would have been Danny Ings doing that, we would have been... Oh, God. Yeah. Would have been it's, something else. It's quite an Ings-ish goal, isn't it? Ings-esque. Um, he, he creates that space and just has how many? Five defenders on the floor. Um, and just managed to just pick his spot through those legs and, and send it in. Quite calmly. Yeah, yeah. I regret taking him out of my fantasy football team. <laughs> well, I knew that it was going to happen. It's just a question of when, isn't it? Yeah. And you don't want to be playing catch up from early. So I had him in for the first two weeks, took him out, and then this is what happens. But yeah, a, a classic goal from a number nine. Just, yeah, he's going to be good. He's going to be a good, good player. He is. He's fantastic. Um, but then, Tim, the, the chances they kept coming for Chelsea, and there was that, that moment when Pulisic and, and Mount both thwarted by Walker Peters brilliantly, by the way. 
Um, and I thought at this point, this is going to be a long afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Polisic had the shot in the sixth minute. Warner had another one in the eighth minute here. Uh, going through, uh, I mean, just continually going on and on and on. Uh, Polisic had in the 19th. Whew. Uh, it was, we were getting pounded and it wasn't good. It didn't look good at the beginning. The, the second goal, I fucking hate this goal. I really do. Um, making everyone look stupid again and it's, it's just so basic. Just, Jorginho whips the long ball from his own half straight over Bednarik. McCarthy was just looking useless. Um, Okay, it was lovely from Werner again, the way he just took it over him, but defensively, we just looked lost. Um, And it's just so easy to score against us like this. We see it time and time again, too. And, and, you know, the the sad thing is, all that every team has to do going forward is just look at this and say, well, you know, that's how we we score against Saints because they can't deal with it. I think it's it's another um, terrible mistake from Bednarik. I mean, it was a lovely ball from Jorginho, but... um you should be able to get rid of it, you know, um, head it, or at least um, muscle Werner off the ball. Uh, enough time to deal with it. Um, but, yeah, by the, but when, once he's lost that, that's it, you know. Well, um, you say that, but he did handball it as well. Yeah, I mean, it just takes a little bit of a deflection that sort of rolls down his arm, doesn't it? Why did they not even look at it? Why did they not even discuss it? Why was there not even a Saints fan, a Saints player, sorry, that said... Hold on a sec. That was the, no one. No one challenged it whatsoever. Well, I mean, Bednarik wasn't in a position to see it, and the only other person that's there is um, McCarthy, McCarthy. Was like right in his face. He, he could. Yeah. He should have said something. So, so it's either McCarthy or nobody. But yeah, you think those be no, people? Or the officials they that not spot the it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's happened to us. It's gone in our favour before. Where we've had a handball that hasn't been spotted. But um, yeah, yeah that's a bit unfortunate. That completely, and it's not. You know, they're not doing it. It's, it's inconsistent. And let's face it, we've seen far worse handballs this season. Yeah, and they're taking yeah, no they're... prisoners when it comes to handballs. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I didn't really see it until uh, you know watching the highlights after the match. Like during the match, I didn't didn't notice it at all. Fair props to Vern. Like, maybe he doesn't sort of realise, but. Um, yeah, that cheeky chip and uh, miking off McCarthy and then and heading it in. It's, it's quite a spectacular goal. It was very good, yeah, our, our expense. But um, I was in a pub watching it and I was watching it on a quite a small screen, I will say. Um, mm. And no one in the pub was mentioning the handball apart from the, the group that I was with. We're like, hang on a sec, that's, that's a handball. Ah, okay. And then every time we tried to look at the replay, people were standing up in front of the telly and it was just like, I can't see if that's a handball or not. And it wasn't until I watched it on Match of the Day later that I thought, that's a blatant handball and nobody has seen it. Tim, how did you how did you see this? Well, I didn't, actually, because I was in the bathroom and I was playing it in the background because I was drinking all that tea from earlier. <laughs> so seeing that and I heard it and all of a sudden they scored and I was just like, oh, no, here we go again. And going back through and I saw what he what was the most noticeable thing that came from the handball is the it's it's the hip hop or the shoulder rotation mm, where yeah. he uh where he delay, uh, deliberately moved his shoulders so kind of shifting his one way or the other to to push that push to push it and direct it forward that was the biggest thing that i saw uh and triggered saying oh that might actually be a handball so 
Benaric was in a good position. I wasn't really upset with it. It just him dominated and all. But in the run of play, I think the good handball rule is actually you can't have a handball and then have that lead to a goal. Um, and, and they should have checked on it. They didn't. And they were too amazed by the bouncing of the ball rather than mm. actually looking at his hands to see it. So I wasn't, I wasn't a fan, Georgie, but let's give Georgina all the credit. Let's give Warner all the credit. Um, because that was their talent above even what we did. Everybody was in what you would think of as a, as a, a healthy position or a proper position, but they just uh, out-talented in that specific instance. Yeah, and I paused that moment exactly when Jorginho had the ball at his feet, and I sort of like paused it and thought, well, he's got a lot to do with that, with that pass, and it was, uh, it was pinpoint, wasn't it? It was exactly where it needed to be to cause problems for defender and keeper, so yeah. And Werner did the rest, so it was a good goal. The Ings goal then, right on the brink of halftime, out of nowhere, really, I thought. Um, Havertz, I don't, was he being complacent a little bit on the ball there? Because Walcott and Adams making a nuisance of themselves. Adams dispossesses and, and slots a perfectly weighted pass through to Danny. And you know what he's like. He just uh, slotted it away, rounded the keeper, slotted it away. Fourth goal for Ings already. Good, yeah. Definitely want to keep him him in your fantasy league team. <laughs> yeah, he's in mine. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, Havertz, he kind of loses that battle against is Romeo, isn't it? The, the, no, the it ball. was it was Walcott and Adams. They kind of like. Ah, okay, it was Walcott. So yeah, I could see there was a player on the floor, but I can't remember who it was. But, yeah, um, Walcott was on the floor. Adams was the one who dispossessed and ran away. Just then collects it. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, just just like he did with um, Armstrong against City for for his goal, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quick thinking to, to find things. That's a lo- lovely little ball there. And, yeah, I mean, Ings isn't left with much to do. Well, just dances around Kepper and, and throws it in. I still think that's yeah, a lot to do. Um, but, I mean, this is Danny Ings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he makes it easy. Um, but, no, it's a, it's a bit against the run of play, really, because, I mean, we, yeah. we, they, towards the end of that first half, we didn't really have many many chances um, of nine. And, um, yeah, really important that um, if we, yeah, going in 2-0 down or 2-1 up, I mean, that's just a, a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, but then going, going back to Havertz, I, I, I mean, I asked him this, like, all the great things that you can say about the guy going forward, he was muscled off the ball, like, Far too easily there, um, and and Shea, well, he's obviously a little little bit stronger than him, uh, and and this this Chelsea defence isn't the greatest. I mean, I said before the game that they can score at will, but they can get scored on a lot too, and we saw that throughout. I mean, it was no more evident than when we, we equalised and then you know shipped a third almost instantly. So so yeah, Chelsea's defence is a bit bit of a question mark. Yeah, that was a great play by Adams. Uh, he definitely looks like a man child out there comparatively to Havertz. He Havertz looks a little lanky, and Adams looks like he's built like a bowling ball. So when he when he just plowed right through him, it was really it was really fun to see. And it was more of a welcome here's a, here welcome to the Premier League. We're gonna yeah. get physical and we're gonna push you push off the ball and Adams had the great positioning there he he does a lot of the dirty work and I'm really happy to see that and that was all on that was all on Adams Ings made that look pretty because he was danced around Keppa 
but that was all on Adams. Uh, there's been a couple goals like that. The second goal in the Leicester game, uh, Leicester Southampton game last year, where he kind of muscles off and hits a really awkward angle, and just kind of that really the dive in and the and the assist effort from Adams to Ains is, is, is becoming a really 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 good connection. I'm really happy to see that. And Ings, yeah, it's just so key, isn't it? It's just, I mean, how many Premier League clubs would kill for a striker of his ilk? Just like one chance, and he's going to take it. There's not a lot of strikers around that can do that. Yeah, I wonder if Liverpool could use a guy like that, since oh, Firmino is not looking that good. <laughs> <laughs> um, start of the second half, then. Um, Ings had an effort just wide of the mark, um, with almost no space to work. I remember that one, because I thought he's not going to be able to get a shot off there, and he, and he did. Almost tested the keeper. So, yeah. And then shortly after that, Adams got got the equaliser. And he deserves this goal so badly, Kev. Not not just for the game, but for his efforts throughout the season so far. And, OK, yes, it was a defensive mishap. And, you know, it wouldn't have happened. But, yeah, but it wouldn't have happened without that relentless chasing down and standing on his feet, desire, persistence to keep going. And, you know, a complete fuck up from Zuma, yes. And Kepa. But, um, yeah, I was going to say, like you say, just defensive mishap. Like, which one are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Like, just about six. <laughs> um, and it was also a long ball as well from Romeo, which causes the problems for them this time. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's becoming quite instrumental in our attacking play in, in a way that I don't think any of us um, expected. But yeah, I mean, Adams, his hard work paying off. Uh, finally, I mean, I don't, I don't think that, not for me anyway. I don't think that he needs the goals to sort of um, vindicate his inclusion in the team. But from maybe some other bystanders or fair weather fans will say he's not scoring the goals. He shouldn't be in the team. But obviously, they're, they're not watching what he does um, week in week out. Well, it's like Tim said, he's works. doing the dirty work. Yeah, he works just as hard as Ings, you know. But. Um, yeah, Ings just seems to be on the end of that. I think there there will be a patch where it will be Adams scoring and not Ings. But um, yeah, this one, I mean, it's amazing. Like how many chances Chelsea had to avert the catastrophe, but just yeah, complete fucking catalogue of errors. Um, that I mean, Zuma should have just just cleared that ball to start off with. Um, Kepper running out and then again, not really doing anything. Uh, with it and yes Azuma's sort of weird little back pass to him that he's get onto and then um, when he's back in, back in the box again um, I mean why can't he just smother the ball or you know get, get a hand out and save it because he's shit and, <laughs> yes I mean we were so lucky that um, is it Mendy the new keeper yeah, that, um, he's yeah. could, couldn't be included um, yeah, we definitely um, lucked out on that one. But yeah, that desperate um, slide from Christmas and that, at the end um, just kind of summed it up. It was just pure, pure desperation. Yeah, he's and, not much um, either, is he? I mean, both centre-backs aren't up to it. The keeper's not up to oh, it. God. I mean, well, who, who are they all tennis? They've got Tomori. Um, They've got um, Thiago, Thiago Silva, haven't they? He's uh, mm. not been... Has he played yet, Tim? I don't even think he has, has he? Uh, Tiago played one game, or played two games. Oh, he has so played. Far. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, the, 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 the defensive woes from <laughs> last season <laughs> don't look like they're going to carry on. But then but, you, yeah, no. you look at the money they've spent, and Frank Lampard it's has just been like insane, forwards, forwards, forwards. But it's kind of like the same thing at Man United. Just like let's let's get Cavani, let's 
let, let, let's just get more people that can uh, that can try and put the ball in the net and not sort out the other end. Yeah, uh, Frank, like goals are not the problem. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't seem to be. Um, and then Tim Chelsea straight back at it again. Um, and ahead, Bertrand out of position. And let's say it, there was no desire to get back either. Um, and it was just easy again from Chelsea. I, and again, I paused it when Werner had the ball down the right. There were six Saints shirts and two Chelsea. Um, and then, you know, Pulisic comes, comes and joins in. He's, he's a very, very good player, by the way. I, I like every single time I see him, he looks better and better. Um, defensively, all over the place. Um, Redmond was covering for Bertrand. Ings is deeper than Vestergaard. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, is that our back line? Ings yeah. and Redmond. Oh, yeah, apparently. Uh, and, and Walker-Peters can't get to Havertz in time. And it was just... It's just a classic counter, wasn't it, from Chelsea? And it can't keep up with the pace. And they pretty much walked it in as well. The entire sequence going from the Adams goal all the way until that goal would be a perfect sequence to have Yakety Sax playing in the background. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because everybody was playing musical chairs. Nobody, everyone was, <laughs> people were falling on the ground. People were out of position. You're, everyone's all over the place. It would have been, it would have been great. But yeah, <laughs> cheers to the Polisic. Uh, he did a great job there. He had some good toe touches, dancing around, kind of like how Ings does sometimes. Uh, one, two, three, I believe it was three touches and then pass off to Werner and then off to Havertz. So that was just pure, uh, catching people out on the break. So using their talents, their talents above for us being out of position. And I immediately wrote, ha 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 ha, that sucks for our, for, for us when we scored. And then quickly thereafter, damn, because <laughs> it just Egg didn't really face. have yeah. much. Yeah. I didn't have much to say exact for, wow, that's kind of exactly how it's going to happen. They'll, they'll screw it up on the back end, but of course they're going to come back and uh, push it forward. And we saw that when they played West Brom last week or two weeks ago, that is they gave up three goals and they're like, all right, well let's start playing the game. And then they score three again. Mm. So. Now they're doing uh, the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but from this point, Kev, it was like, well, it's it three, two at this point, And, um, I thought it could be, you know, this game could be either 4-2 Chelsea or 3-3 three, because three, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that the scoring's not done yet. Mm. And it turned out to be that way as well. Um, and Adams had another effort, dragged wide from a Walcott run. And then there was the Ings who had a shot saved and, and Walcott again supplying it. Yeah. Walcott, Walcott looked fit, didn't he? I mean, he looked silky at times. Yeah, it's um, sexy, that. <laughs> no, but um, I mean, I, I criticised him and Redmond after the first half. Because I didn't, I didn't think I saw enough of them. But in fact, when I watched, watched it back again, I thought Andrew Walcott was, was imp- I was impressed with his fitness. Yeah, I mean that that last thirty minutes or so. Yeah, and he, and he, play, he played the full ninety minutes as well. You know? He did. Yeah. He's, 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 he's not a he's not a young whippersnapper, but he's obviously, yeah, very very fit. Ready to go. Yeah. Um, ready to go. Yeah, Ralph. I'm sounded impressed with him in training, and yeah, now we can see why. Because I mean, for the, the last. 20, 30 minutes, it was just um, him um, getting forward to supplying um, good balls into the box. I mean, yeah, Romeo even had a shot off of uh, Walcott Cross um, yes. about 20 minutes from time. So, yeah, he was he was getting up there. And, um, yeah, the goal, um, I mean, it was really a, a Walcott goal, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I suppose it, I suppose it was. Because it was a very slight touch from Vestergaard, but people in the pub mm. were shouting out, Walcott's done it, because the cameraman had it, had it zoomed on Walcott. And I was like, hang on a sec, I think Vestergaard, was, I think he had a touch on that, because then they were zooming, Vestergaard ran off the other way and, and celebrated, and I thought, 
And then when I looked at the replay, I thought, do you think Vestergaard was trying to duck out of the way of that? <laughs> he just couldn't. There's too yeah. much of him. Yeah, exactly. It was just like the shot's coming. He sees it coming. He's going to duck. Oh, I've headed that in. Oh. That's the only explanation I've got for a goal like that. Yeah, I mean, was it going in before he took that header? I'm not sure it was. I'm not sure. No. Uh, it was no. not going in. It was clearly going out in Vestergaard's deflection. He was just in the right position. Obviously, he, he was high, he was high up because of the, the initial cross in, uh, from the, from the, from the foul. But, uh, no, he just had it in the right position, had to squat down to his, uh, you know, to half his size, which had is to not easy down for to him. about five foot ten. Which yeah. is not easy for him <laughs> to do. <laughs> So the the biggest thing though I guess I noticed about Walcott was and and by noticing NBC Sports mentioned only about fifteen times that Walcott drift kept drifting inside more so than actually staying out on that wing, where he was playing more of the the, the he was playing just right behind uh, right he was playing right behind the the forwards so more of considered a number 10 role in this case rather than playing that really wide position where Armstrong seems to be more out I'm not sure if that was him not understanding positioning or him uh being told to do that to try to expose the defense um but he kept, he while he started wide he eventually drifted in especially as he attacked um maybe it allowed for KWP to go up I'm just going to say it was a, a, a tactical element uh which was really cool to see though because it didn't provide anything that they could have saw on any tape because it was Walcott's first game with us. So go overall, that was fantastic. Walcott had three sh- uh, three shots, if you include the shot, quote unquote, shot that uh, um, in the last five minutes of the game uh, with the in the ninety plus two that was blocked and that real that really late one uh, that was off target, and of course the one that led to uh, Vestigard, but. Um, Overall, yeah, he did really, really well. I was pleasantly surprised, and I, but I didn't. Ex- I expected him to do well. I didn't expect him to do that well. Yeah, yeah, I'd go, I'd go along with that. And I think, I think it was by design him coming in because, I mean, I, I, I said to Kev as well that I, when when we brought Walcott in, I'm not quite sure what you can offer us anything different than Armstrong, and I think this is it because mm-hmm. I, he, if he does play that more central, just you know, sets up to play wide. Drifts in the middle, just just off the front two, as you say. It is something that Armstrong doesn't do as much, and it's something that I wanted Redmond to do a little bit more, and he was doing that a little bit more last season. Yeah, do you know Chelsea haven't conceded three goals at home since April 2018 as well? That's that's worth mentioning. I thought. Good result. Again, yeah, they, they let in three against um, West Brom. That was away. Yeah, yeah let in a lot, but yeah, second half, Kev. Um, it was incredible, really, considering we were 2 0 down and it could have easily been free. Ralph probably should get him out of the match here because of his, what he'd done at half time to them and how he changed things up a little bit. And possession stats in the second half were actually in our favour. They were more compact and limited those Chelsea chances. And it was a well deserved point based on the second half performance alone. Did you guys see them dancing or, uh, dancing around or kind of just avoiding putting the ball or crossing into the, into the, yeah. into the, into the, into the, into the after the sec- after the third goal. Yeah, because I thought they could have got a fourth. I thought, just put the ball in the box, just put it in, just put it in. But they were not interested, were they? Yeah, eventually, they, I mean, they, there was the Walcott shot that was the good build-up, and so if, I guess that was the end result, and they did score from it, that we wouldn't be talking about it. But Ward-Prowse and Tell kept dancing around there on the left side, and I was like, what are you doing? 
get get the ball in the box. Like you've got Danny Ings who could throw it in there. You've got Shane Long who can jump as high as Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, let's <laughs> let's be real. He can he's he's he doesn't have a lot of good qualities, but if there's one thing that guy can do is he can jump really really high. So just throw it in there, see what happens. I be, I believe they could have did something, but who knows? Um, yeah. At least try. At least try yeah. at that point. Just, I think they're a little bit concerned about a counter attack again, weren't they? But yeah. yeah. But yeah, three three, a very 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 pleasing result. Um, as I say Walcott, um, you, you met, we mentioned him just a little bit, but I, I wanted to get your assessment of him, Kev. How you thought you you know he performed on his debut? Because he got you know two shots, none of them on target. Ranked first in uh, pressing stats, three tackles, two blocks. Ranked second for XA. Uh, led the team on shots and goal-creating actions, 63% pass completion, and the best dribbling stats. So you put all that in the mix, pretty damn good good debut, or re-debut. Yeah, yeah I mean, you couldn't hope for, for much more, could you, um, from, from, from a debut? And, yeah, we said that, you know, he'd walk, easily walk straight into the Saints team, and that's, that's what, he, what he's done, and he's made his mark. Yeah, uh, and, and in the game stats, like possession, 46%. We had 13 shots to their 11 uh, six on target to their five, eight clearances to their 29, and 14 of them were headers. Um, McCarthy's as they had to make two saves to their three. Man of the match, then. Who wants to go first? Go on, then. I will. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it was a difficult decision uh, because there were a few players that kind of impressed me. Um, yeah, Vestergaard, again, um, especially if you compare him to Bednarik, who I thought had a terrible match. Um yeah, just 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 awful. I hope he can put that behind him. Um, but yeah, Adams and Ings are also um, wonderful, getting a goal each. Um, and yeah, another brilliant performance from them. But uh, yeah, just again, like you said, uh, looking back at the highlights, like you maybe didn't quite realise during the match how much Walker actually did. Um, and yeah, add to that. The, the romance of him, him making his kind of debut over again. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to give it to Theo. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think Kyle Walker-Peters was the best in the first half. And I was already like, yeah, we, 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 I'm going to have to give it to him on, on that first half performance. But I really, really wanted to give it to Shea. Um, and he had the most shots, most shots on target. He got the lovely assist uh, for Danny. Um, he dispossessed Havertz in the process as well, as we mentioned. Um, as a result, he led in the XA. He got the goal, his first one this season, finally. But it's not just the stats. It's his attitude uh, and his you know, his work rate. And, and, and that's never been in doubt for him. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Shea Adams. This, this game is all about the guys who did the dirty work. So uh, up top, you've got Adams, who was absolutely fantastic, running around, pushing Kai Havertz over like he was a bowling pin to his bowling ball. Uh, <laughs> Romeo was, and I'm one of the bigger critics of him, he looked really good. He looked good throughout it. He was a standstill. He uh, he did his, did a lot of great things, and he put a ball, well, not nearly the quite level of Jorginho, but that ball in where Ch- Che eventually scored mm-hmm. thanks to the uh, yakety sacks playing in the background. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, but he put a similar type ball in. It's actually going the same direction with the TV angle. You can kind of, you can kind of take a look and see that way. Um, he, I thought he, he, he was just stand out. And of course he got his traditional yellow car, which I was really happy for. Uh, <laughs> Which allowed him to go off, and, and Diallo got a good, uh, 
you know, a good few minutes in the game. And then, uh, Vestigard in the back for being him. You know, people kind of sat on it and figure out, forget that he started four of the six Champions League group, uh, group table games for Borussia Mönchengladbach. I might have butchered that. No, you're right. And then, and then all of the, and then all of their Europa League games too that they played. So he started all of those games and so he came in Champions League tested, really strong and can do it well. That's why you paid a lot of money for him. Yeah, and according to Transfer Market, he is the most expensive signing that we have. So to me, uh, he's finally learned, maybe he's learning a little bit, he's growing a little bit, whatever it might be. Um, but between those three, I'm going to go with Adams, uh, because I felt that he made the biggest difference uh, chasing around and uh, ultimately scoring the goal, which he continually persisted on, had the highest shots. He said XA as well. Uh, to me, I'm going to go with Adams. Nice one. Uh, it's like a position in 10th place on seven points, above Man United and level with City. Where hey, all right, I know I know City have got a game in hand, but still, I don't care. Um, and now we turn our attentions to the team at the summit, Everton. Didn't think you'd be saying that, did you? <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, Everton next Sunday, Sunday the twenty fifth at two p.m. kickoff. Oh, they've done it again. <laughs> um, so then, uh, Everton uh, made, made a big splash in the transfer market, and guess what? It fucking works. Um, Alan, James Rodriguez, Abdullah Decore, Ben Godfrey, lots of dough spent. As a good, strong basis, they've got. They've got a good manager. They, you know, just seem to be going in the right direction. Uh, and D- Dominic Calvert-Lewin's probably in the prime. Well, he is in the prime of his life. Rightly deserved England call-up. Scored on his debut. Uh, seven league goals, ten in all competitions. That doesn't look good for us, does it? Really? But I mean, looking at the teams they played. I will say, I don't mean any disrespect, they've had wins against West Brom, Palace and Brighton. It's not really, you know, a real challenge. And I know know we've lost to Palace. So, um, yeah, and it wasn't great on their opening game against Spurs, but they got the three points. And then yesterday they had the Merseyside derby and very fortunate, I think, to escape with a point. Um, Lucky. Yeah, very. Um, But they still have to play who's in front of them, right? And I have been impressed with them because, you know, as as it stands, they still are undefeated. Um, Tim... Are Everton going to continue this red-hot form and, and take the league by storm, or are they going to be real challengers, or are they going to just fade away at some point? They're going to stay. They're staying in there. Uh, they're going to challenge for top four. I could see them being somewhere around fourth, fifth, or sixth place uh, because of it all. Um, ultimately, though, if they do end up losing uh, one of those key players for a long, long-term injury, uh, that could throw them out of their formation a little bit, but. Uh, ultimately, I think that they're for real, and we need to be ready for it however they can. Uh, I think the exact same tactical play that we had for Chelsea, we should consider for them, too, because of the 4-2-3-1 that they're playing. Absolutely, Hot, yeah. hot commodities. Uh, they've got James. They've got a little bit of everything that can they can dance around and play a little bit. But then also Alon, who's looking fantastic, and uh, Decore as well. They're, he's just inspired, a yeah. – he's, he's a – He's a bruiser. He's a monster. So, they're they're for real, and we should treat them treat them like they are. Although R- Richarlison did he pick up a red yesterday? Didn't he a straight red? Yeah, he'll be he's suspended. Uh, yeah, well that's good. So yeah, Kevin, are they are they going to be a Leicester? Or are they going to return to Everton? <laughs> um, <clears throat> what you mean? Are they going to almost get relegated next season? <laughs> um, 
Uh, I, I mean, they're, they're not Leicester, are they? They're not like they're coming out of nowhere. They're Everton, I think. Um, if you're ever going to expand the, beyond the big six, then they're obviously the first team that you think of. Uh, and yeah, they've got a, a great manager um, who's been allowed to spend a lot of money on some incredibly good players. Um, but yeah, maybe the timing could work out for us again. So, um, yeah, we were we were up against uh, Chelsea with um, Kepa, Riz Balaga and goal. And, yeah, without <laughs> Richardson, so, yeah, they're going to be a little bit weaker. Um, Pickford, I mean, he should have been sent off in the Merseyside derby yesterday. Um, I don't know if they're going to take retrospective action against him. Um, but if they do, I don't know if that goes in our, our favour yeah, or not. It doesn't really matter the way he's playing at the moment, does it? Um, uh, yeah, maybe they'd be better off having nobody in goal. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he is a good keeper, but he's just not on the, the best of form. But I mean, if he does stay, then you know he can be pressured. Um, I could just envision um, Adams or Ings uh, just nicking the ball off on front of him and Imagine sending that. it into the net. Is Theo, yeah. is, is Theo allowed um, to play against them? I don't know. That's what I wanted terms. to ask. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I mean, even know the terms of this loan, so I'm not sure. I'll have to check. Um, okay, then. Uh, score predictions, and I think it's me. Yes, it's my turn to go first. Okay, I'm going to go a 2-1 win, Saints. Okay. Mm, I'm feeling Definitely. it. I think their run has to, has to come to an end soon. Um, and I thought, well, you know, why not us? We can do this. And we have that swagger back for now. So I think we need to keep hold of it and... We gave Chelsea a really good game yesterday. I think we, we need to we need to carry on from that, and I, I, I can I can see us doing it. You know, I can I can see a shock. I can see a two-one Saints win. So I'm going to I'm going to be positive, keeping that mindset mm-hmm. right now. I think mean, tomorrow you ask me, I'll probably say we get we get dicked five-nil, but right now I'm saying two-one Saints. Yeah, I think it would always be good to revisit our predictions on match day, like just you know um, an hour before kickoff, you know, when the lineups come out. Say, are you still still feeling that confident? Um, I, I don't think we're going to be the ones to stop them, but I think we'll give them a good game. It really was a, a game of two halves yesterday, and I think we'll probably be facing something similar. I'm also going to go two one, but I'm going to say two one Everton. Unfortunately, I'm going to go with three two Everton. All of these games are scoring pretty high. They have the attack to be able to push it against us. And we definitely have an attack who can and can counter them. We saw that with Chelsea. But uh, the difference here is, I think, um, Kepa gave us at least plus 1.5 goals, where Pickford's only going to give us plus one goal. So that the one extra mm-hmm. extra half went around up to one and make it so that it's 3-2 them. But they're going to – Saints are going to come out of it holding their head high. They're not going to look like they – uh, gave up at any point, which is uh, something that I can be proud of. So no defensive calamities then. No, they're just going to be. They're just like today. It's going to be, be well very beaten. similar. It's just going to. They're going to get beaten by talent. Okay, I'll accept. Thank you once again for joining us as usual, um, Thank and we'll you very catch much. up with you next week for the Everton game. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk then. Yeah, I hope that both of us are wrong and that we've got a win to celebrate. Yes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Letitiae, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, uh, extra time. Almost forgot the name of that then. Uh, We'll start with predictions, Kev. uh, The Chelsea game, me and you both went for a 3-1 Chelsea win, and Tim went for a 2-1 Chelsea win. 
So, of course, no points for any of us, and the points will remain the same. Five to me, four to Tim, and two to you. Uh, Super Six, we've had two rounds since last time, so I want to say round five, the winner was Stephen King. <laughs> well done, Stephen King. Uh, Twelve points. Uh, and round six was won by Terry Lubbock and Stuart White, both picking up ten points. Overall leader is Colin Carter on 59. Uh, fantasy football mush. Yes. So a quick look at our podcasters league. Um, yeah, I'm at the bottom, aren't I? I'm, I'm very close to the bottom. You're not doing very well, are you? Yeah. Um, only Ben Stanley was below me. He did what? <laughs> He's, he's under me. <laughs> you hear me? Um, yeah, Mikey from the uh, Saints Prime podcast, still top of the league. Although I think uh, Matt Markstone's Mitrovic doing quite well. Yeah, I, I am too. Son Young Min as captain, not a bad choice. I've got um, I've got Harry Kane as captain, mate. So. Hmm. Okay, so you have got a lot resting on you. Got Joe Hart as well. Well, um, I have to pick Joe Hart because Allison's injured. Um, and I thought, well, my subkeeper's not even going to get a game. So I thought, no points for the goalkeeper. I'll take that. <laughs> mm, at, um, yeah, Rashford, Bruno Fernandes. And, and uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I've got my three United players all scored. So. That's hell, oh, yeah. And your Ings is scored. So, yeah, I think you could be um, raking in the points. You'd be Kimmy raking <laughs> Um, yes, uh, in that number of podcast league, uh, open to the public, uh, Sheku Dumbia, uh, Galactic FC up into third place with 294 points. Uh, Ian Mabey's Loco Gringos, uh, they got 301. And Gordon Sloan's South Coast Swingers, um, yeah, swinging on 304 points at the top of the table. I also want to give a shout out to Ben Wyatt's Wyatt's winners. He scored 63 points so far, and he has Kane still to play. He has Son still to play. Um, but yeah, he had Werner as captain, um, Rashford, <laughs> Maguire. Um, yeah, 63 points so far. So, uh, Holy yeah. Um, yeah, Kurt Supple's Tampa Saints, they're, they're, um, they're sliding a bit. I think you need to sort it out, Kurt. <laughs> Yeah. Right, okay, uh, Theo song then, as you said <laughs> in the uh, opening, uh, you haven't got yours ready, but uh, I have mine, and I would like to, to do this. To, 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 All right, to get out do one a week, starts off. Yeah, that's it. Um, but what I would like from you, Kevin, is I would like some, uh, well, some backup, if I may. Okay. You can harmonise. Can I? <laughs> well, can you try? I can try, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he's back again. What can he do and what can he bring? He's gonna bring the wisdom and show you how. Shame we're out of the carabao. Is he original? No. Is he the only one? No, is Stu Armstrong out? Yeah. Is he everything we need or is he just a panic by everybody? everybody. Yeah. Absent Marys. Yeah. Everybody. 
turn your voice up high. <laughs> Wall cut back. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, classic. Excellent. That was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Wall cut back. Yeah, that's going to be. I'm going to say every time I hear that song, because I haven't heard that song in about 15 years, but every time that's played now, it's just going to be Walcott's back. That's good. <laughs> it's better than what the original was. <laughs> yeah, I concur. Um, and so yours is going to be next week, yes? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Dobra pojalavat domoi? Yeah. I'll give you the stress. I am. You always give me the fucking stress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Dobro. Пожаловать, пожаловать, домой. Я добро пожаловать домой. Добро пожаловать домой. Yeah, that's good. Добро пожаловать домой. And that means welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home, Theo. Yeah. yeah. Excellent, Kev. Yes, next week we are, we we will be joined once again by Tim to discuss the Everton collapse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> despite my uh, 2-1 prediction. Uh, and yes, that is it. And we also look forward to hearing your Theo Walcott song slash chant. Okay, I can promise it will be a ballad, as was built. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I kind of strayed off topic. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> okay, right. Um, until next week then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.